0: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This
1: This is Is AV AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV AV Week. Episode 61, recorded Friday, October 5th, 2012. The real AV Week. Ready. AV, AV Week. Scan. This is AV Week. AV AV. AV Week. It's time for AV Week, your weekly wrap up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host. Thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, With us this week is George Tucker. He is the Engineering Coordinator for World Stage. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, everybody. How are you? Good. Uh, With us also is Betsy Jaffe from Infocom International. How are you, ma'am?
2: Great. Hi, everyone.
0: Uh, And also, last but not least, Mr. Steve Greenblatt. He is the Chief Dishwasher and the Head Honcho at Control Concepts. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Uh, this
0: week, we're going to talk about a ton of stuff. Everything from Utz Balwin. Uh, he used to head up Cedia, and now he's doing something very interesting with, with home control and home automation. Uh, the Logitech Harmony touches out, and I'm not quite sure what that means for AMX and Crestron, but we will talk about it. Uh, the FCC is the devil, and I'll tell you why. Uh, OLED market is going to hit $3.2 billion Somebody really smart says, and we're going to see really uh, if it's going to take as long as they say it is. Uh, And last but not least, Neil Young has a new music player. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, but first, Infocom has a celebration every single year. Uh, and actually, that's where we got the name of this very program. It's called AV Week and it happens uh, this year. Uh, it's starting on the week of October 15th. And that is why Miss Betsy Jeffy is here. So kind of tell us, Betsy, a little bit what AV Week is and, and how various people uh, are celebrating it.
2: Sure. Um, Thank you. Um, Basically, AV Week started six years ago. It was the brainchild of one of our members, Ernie Bailey, who is a technology manager over at the University of Arkansas Medical Services. And um, he said, we really need a week to celebrate the whole industry. And from there, the event has grown and grown and grown. Um, This year, Infocom itself is hosting a couple of events. And then, of course, our members all around the world will be um, hosting their own individual events um, it's a great reason to step out of what you do on a day-to-day basis and conduct some outreach either with students or your general community and um, we're really excited with the way it's shaping up this year um, this year um, infocom is hosting a special event called the power of av for education mm. and that's going to be held on october 16th in san diego california and this event is designed especially um, for AV professionals working in education, training, and learning environments. Um, We're going to look at the future trends in learning and technology's role. um, And we're looking at how the technology can actually be used to improve the learning environment, um, facilitate classroom and training room activities, and help institutions and organizations manage shrinking funding, which is an unfortunate reality that we live in today. So um, that's one event that we're holding ourselves. And then um, we're also hosting a really fun event called the AV Olympics. Mm, um, yes. Now, this is an event that we're hosting in our backyard in Fairfax, Virginia, over at George Mason University. But we're hoping others and other locales around the world will also be hosting their own. Um, but basically, this is a full day um, event. Um, we're going to have 40 area high school students um, who are um, active in TV production, um, receiving um, education on career paths in the industry, and then they'll train and compete in various av theme activities. Um, some of our local members will form teams and compete in um, our first ever av Olympics, <laughs> and um, whoever wins can win a free trip to Infocom 13 in Orlando. And compete again against teams around the world.
0: See, that right there is, is cool. If you're, if you're not on Twitter, that, this is where I found out about the, the AV Olympics uh, because there's, a, um, there's a, a, a hashtag going around. Uh, and and various manufacturers and, and and integrators actually are starting to talk about this and and you know, laying a little smackdown. I'll, I'll you know, there, there is yeah. a little bit of that,
1: but yeah, this there sounds there
0: really is cool. a little
2: trash talk going on. Yeah. And I will say that the live events community is really surprised that the integration community isn't willing to step up to the plate and field teams. Um, they're thinking that maybe that they don't have the skills. So oh, wow. I think I think maybe the integration community might want to answer their call. So. Well,
0: at least ABISPL um, or Ford or somebody should step up. I mean, jeez. <laughs>
2: Well, I don't want to call out any individual companies, but I will encourage all to participate. Um, unfortunately, I won't be at either of these events. I'll be at um, another event that Infocom is hosting during AV Week, which is um, our Ifmia show um, in the Middle East um, in Dubai. And so um, we are expecting a great event over there as well. And we'll definitely be doing outreach with um, folks from the Middle East and Europe who will be attending that show um, in conjunction with Tech one of the world's biggest um IT shows, and building technology shows. So um, this is our second year doing that, and the second year it's coincided with AV Week, which has been a happy coincidence. Um, In addition, um, we've got members all over um, hosting events. RP Visuals in Anaheim is going to teach a class of film and TV students um, as well as IT students at Santa Ana College. Um, Columbus State University College in Ohio is going to host a display and presentation um, Westminster College in w- New Wilmington, Pennsylvania, has been a longtime supporter of AV Week. And for the fourth consecutive year, they're going to do a whole week's worth of events for students to participate in. Um, Listen Technologies um, has been a great supporter of AV Week from the beginning, and this year they have a whole host of events going on. Um, Corey Schaefer is going to present to teens interested in film production and related arts and media at East Hollywood High School in Salt Lake City. Um, the governor of Utah and the mayor of Salt Lake City and the city of Buffdale will all be issuing proclamations, making AV Week official in their jurisdictions. Um, Scott Woolley um, with the LDS Church is going to speak about hearing loss prevention to sixth grade science um, oh, wow. students in the Granite School District. and. um there's also going to be a technology tour of the LDS Conference Center, which um, is an amazing facility if you haven't been there. So um, those are some of the events. I know Kramer Electronics is doing, um, really getting into the spirit of AV Week by hosting um, two training and education sessions at their New Jersey office. And this is a great way to celebrate AV Week because training is so essential to where the industry is right now. And um And there's such a need for it. So um, hosting a session and doing it during AV Week is a really great way to do that. And I know CMA Digital in Hollywood, Florida, is going to be doing an open house. I'm showcasing their office and all their digital signage and software. Um, And this is just um, they're opening their offices up to the community, which is great. And then finally, um, another longtime supporter of AV Week, Projecture Link. Projector Lamp Services in Bohemia, New York, is offering um, a Relamp It recycling raffle, and they've been doing this for the last several years, and it's um, really a great opportunity to go green and um, encourage um, folks to recycle used projector lamps, and all of those folks will have a chance to win a new projector.
1: Oh, wow. Holy cow.
2: Um, These are just some of the events um, being held that we know of. We know there are many others that we don't, a lot of employee luncheons. And um, I know some companies like to recognize their CTS professionals during AV week um, with um, some ceremonies, etc. But um, we're really looking forward to all of this.
0: Well, and one of the things you mentioned was the the proclamations, which I think is kind of cool too. Where if you have the connections uh, in your community, and it doesn't have to be the governor governor's freaking cool, uh, but you know our little town of of 30, 35,000, you know you can you can pretty much call them, you know get get a hold of the mayor and have them do something like that. That is also something cool. So get out there and please support your AV week, whether it's the AV Olympics or anything else like that. It's it's very. The,
2: cool. Thank you. And mm-hmm. the other thing we're really asking people to do is, if you are hosting an event, um, please let us know. Take photos, send them on to us. We'll um, we'll tweet them out. We'll share them, and we'll be um, writing up case studies of some of the most successful events. So um, please help um, spread the love during AV Week.
3: Yes, absolutely. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What? I <laughs> know. Am I the only one that thought about the AV Olympics and was seeing the Battle of the Network Stars in their head? Oh wow. That would be cool. That would be really cool. See, now that's what we need to do. Bessie, we need to get a track, rent it in, make it an event. It's an infocom thing.
2: Yeah. The, um actually we did talk if there are enough <laughs> if there are enough um participating teams this year, we did talk about having um the Infocom booth at our trade show um actually be a stadium to do <laughs> a competition.
0: <laughs> that is awesome.
2: So I was it thinking kind battle. of like like Iron Chef, almost. So um, we'll see how that turns out. Um, if not this year, maybe future years.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> but the problem is that you have to be a certain age to remember the Battle of Network Stars. So,
3: uh, hey, there's <laughs> Google. You can look it up and be I'm entertained. I'm just okay? going to be move. <laughs> I'm going to move
0: on. Uh, Mr. Utz Baldwin, who used to head up Cedia, which is not Infocom in any way, shape, or form. No comment there. Just one is Rezzy, one is. Pro, that's go on from there. Um, he's got a new venture, and it's interesting to me in 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 various uh, ways. Um, let's just be, it it's ad supported home automation, and that right there, that sentence. Uh, never, I never thought that I would be saying it. Um, the, the the article is a link to to CE Pro, and it, the headline says it all: Former CDO, CEO launches ad supported home automation pr- platform, George. Did you ever think that there would be a ad-supported ad, you know, uh, that that kind of of home automation where here here's a a free, you know, a free home automation kit? And by the way, you might see ads every once in a while.
3: Am I surprised? No, I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised that it wasn't Google who oh. actually did this. I and mean, you've got Android devices, you've got stuff out there. They're in the heart. I would think that this would be a natural transition for them. Who knows? Maybe Google will see this and go, hey, we want to be inside that. And then buy Uh, it. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll put the ice cream operating system in there or whatever. Um, I'm not sure what I think of it yet. It's interesting. It's cheap. And it would be intriguing. And and there's a certain comfort level like uh, we're on social media. We're already being tracked in that way. How intimate does it get? And that's the curiosity for me to get myself a home automation system, you're going to know Everything. a lot of intimate details. Yeah. Like when I go to bed and what I'm watching on TV yeah. and I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an interesting idea, but uh, and maybe this is one of those cases where it gets, it's just for me that that's where the line is too much.
0: Okay. That's, that's, that's valid. Um, Betsy, you, you've known, uh, uh or, you know, uh, uh, is this something that, that you could see him doing?
2: Well, um, Honestly, um, I was surprised but very pleased when I first heard about it, Um, and I really do wish him all the luck in the world. Um, All of us at Infocom um, were kind of cheering yesterday when we found that he won the People's Choice Award from Demo and had won this $1 million in advertising prize from IDG. Um, We think that's incredible, and I think it only speaks to his um, expertise as an entrepreneur, and we wish him the best of luck
0: uh mr steve this is your wheelhouse dude this is this is where you live which is a control um <laughs> i'm not going to ask if you see utz Baldwin as a competitor but let's just say do you see this as kind of uh honing in on your on your bread and butter
1: well um i i, I think it's very unique and 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 entrepreneurial as as we discussed i i you know I'd have to know a little bit more about it to, to to really understand the depth of it, and and whenever whenever you're talking about something that's low cost, it your your expectations are not as high, at least in in my opinion, you know, it's you get what you pay for type of thing. Okay. So I I, I guess I'd need to know a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of it. I guess that that's the engineer in me. <laughs>
0: That's the engineer. Okay, let me let me let me break that down. Um, Miss uh, Betsy Jeffy has multiple meetings to go to, and and she's uh, she has to leave us. So thank you so much for joining us, ma'am.
2: Thank you very much, and um, I look forward to hearing about everybody's AV Week events. Yay!
0: AV Olympics. <laughs> thank
2: you. Thank you, ma'am. Bye Bye-bye. bye.
1: Bye.
0: Um, something else that came down the pike this week. Uh, if you, I don't know. I guess what was it? Been a month or so ago. High bought Leviton, or, or Leviton mm-hmm. bought High. And it's still confusing to me because it's called High by Leviton. And I just think it's. I wish that they would just combine them, whatever. Uh, and they've got home control. Levahai, huh? Levahai, high. Levahai. High. There you go. Hiington. <laughs> yeah. Um, it feels like they. I don't know. Okay, so we've got a bunch of of control stories here. One obviously is Uts. Um, the next one is this. Is this High by Leviton? Uh, Steve, is this? I mean. Are these guys? They're not going after Crestron and AMX. They're going after Savant, right?
1: Well, just coming back from CEDIA, uh, uh, you know, about a month ago, the there are just so much control out there. It it really every product seems to have an interface and and every everything. It, it is it is centered around control, and in the, in the commer, in the commercial market, we have our our main players. But in the residential market, it it's just so wide open, and uh, you know, so I'm not surprised to see something like this. That and and probably. There, there are, are many other copycats like that out there, and uh, you know, from from my perspective, the ones that are going to survive are the ones that are going to be able to to have a reliable product, but also have the support, and that that's where the, the big guys in in the commercial industry excel.
0: George, you mentioned that you you were surprised that Google didn't you know do the and thing, but mm. you know, like Steve said, everybody has a control, everybody has an interface. Uh, is this something where? You know, it's it's going to be the um, this is this is the next generation of you know uh, flat panel hangers where control is going to be some, become so commoditized that anybody and everybody is going to be doing it, and so you know, not that there won't be a place for people like Steve that do, that do the high end versions, but you know. Everybody's going to have control. Apple will have control. Microsoft will have it. They'll screw it up, but they'll have it. Um, you know, is that is that where we're headed to with 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 high? Oh,
3: you're so jaded. You just I am so jaded. In, in, you did it. Line. What? Um, yeah, I know. Right? It's all my fault. I'll take the blame. Um, just tell my first wife she'll she'll agree. Um, this, yeah, you know, yes, there's going to be a place for the high end stuff, but the, it, this is where it's going to come down to, obviously, because. The mass market will demand it. So the mass market stuff will be. And I find it interesting because I'm really seeing everybody that has a viable, controllable product realizing that they either have to have a really tight relationship with a control manufacturer or they're going to have to do their own because eventually that other market, that other manufacturer is going to say, oh, we do shades. Oh, we do lighting. Oh, you know." so there's no guarantee that if you don't defend against it, they're not going to take it. And I think a lot of that mass market draw now is that because they'll say, hey, you're buying a Leviton product. You should be, hey, we have a product right for it. Just slide right in. There you go. We'll help you do it. I mean, some of it will probably be through dealerships as well. But you are saying, hey, I'm going to it's just like the security companies for years. Alarm companies get really, really miffed because one of their profit centers, keypads, (laughs) it was being taken away from them by the touch panels and the other stuff that the control companies were selling. (laughs) Right, Steve?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I hear you there. And so some of the alarm
3: companies are what? Selling uh, control and security. They're control, you know, over-the-internet cameras. They're selling systems that can control your lights for you. It's a natural progression because they have to.
0: Okay, so you mentioned dealers. Another uh, story that we have that we'll go ahead and roll right into is the fact that just kind of without any fanfare, the new Logitech Harmony Touch remote has popped up. Uh, it's in Best Buy right now. It's it's on uh, and gadget is the story. Um, and and are we surprised at this then that uh, you know uh, that Logitech is getting into the touch you know control, uh, touch remote control. I mean, Logitech is the Harmony has been around for for a long time. Um, it's simple. It's inexpensive. It's you know it's all all of these things that, um, again, it's it's a lesser version of maybe an AMX handheld or a Crestron handheld control um are we surprised that it's gone to the touch interface now George I
1: think I think it had it had to I yeah. mean be- because if if right now I think the, and we've discussed this before that the standard is set by the mobile devices and and the and everything is touchscreen based so I can't see any I can't see something surviving that doesn't have a touch component and 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 there is something to be said for hard buttons but when you're t- talking about a remote, uh, the, the the more buttons you put on, uh, or the more hard buttons you put on it, the more confusing it gets. So at least a touchscreen, you can you you can control some navigation, and and you have a little bit more flexibility and customization.
3: You know, I, I, I tend to disagree, and I, I maybe I'm not in that market selling these things to people with those, but that frictionless screen does not work for me while looking. I mean, this is my weighted knob thing again, Tim, but you know, there's that tactile feel that I know no matter how many buttons are on it after a little while, I know exactly where those buttons are and I can do what I want. I'm not sure what a touchscreen in a remote brings except glam. And and I can be convinced, but I really have never seen what in a handheld remote, what does that touchscreen really provide me except pizzazz?
0: Well the, the one thing it, it gives you and this this comes from you know somebody who dabbles in, in programming control systems is it gives you more options and, and I know that sounds kind of in, counterintuitive, but if you get if you have a bunch of hard buttons, there's only so many things that I can do with that. You give me a blank screen and unlimited pages or unlimited subpages, I can do pretty much whatever the heck I want to do, right?
3: I suppose, well, let me pose it this way then, and I'll and to, to both of you, but I guess especially to, to Steve. Why not push forward with on-screen stuff instead? Huh. Is not that not a better benefit, or is it just because it's obscuring the image while I'm doing something? If I'm watching football, I guess I don't want to dance around, but that seems to be more intuitive. Maybe a, some kind of remote, I don't know how they do those, you know, light sensing or whatever, but... Um, that just seems to me be the, the way to go. Where I say, okay, bring it up on screen, boom. You know, even my favorites. I'm thinking of like, what what do I need to, uh, a screen for? I need it for my favorites, or I need it to save record, maybe. Hmm. So, but you the, tell me.
1: the first question is, is had you always looking at something that had, that where you where you have that on screen navigation? If you're controlling your lights, do you want to go to on-screen navigation okay. type of thing? So, and and also depending on what you're watching, you would have it, it would have to be some sort of technology that would overlay on the image that you're looking at. I I believe on uh, that that Control Four it uses something like that, and unfortunately I don't have enough familiarity with it, but that that was my understanding that they had that there was some sort of a, an on-screen navigation. With, with their components. Well, yeah.
0: it, even um, we had Randy Klein from Crestron on Good Lord 6, nine months ago, and he made a good point um, about um, I, I iOS control, let's say, because he was specifically talking about using his iPad. Uh, he said, you know what, I'm, I'm reading the news or I'm watching something on my iPad. I don't want to get out of that and go into my app to turn off the lights or make sure that this is locked or make sure that this is on or off. There is, I think, at least um, a place for dedicated control and stuff that's not necessarily going to obscure, like you said, George. What I'm watching on TV now. Once this, you know, mythical Apple TV comes out, whenever that is, um, most of the pundits have said that it's going to be voice. If it's voice, then there is ha- going to have to be some sort of visual um, recognition that, hey, I just heard you, and I'm doing what you asked, type thing. Uh, and then that's going to have to have some sort of 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 obs- of obscuring the the screen, is it not? Or is it going to be like on the side or something?
3: I don't know. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, I guess you could do it like a toolbar or whatever yeah, they call yeah. it, Mac. That
1: you know, a good example of what we're what we're talking about right now is is the guide on uh, you know for for cable TV or, yeah, or satellite right. TV, and yeah. and how I don't know. I I I find that to to be yeah, I, I know a, oh, it's a staple like, I mean, but but that but that's how I decide what I'm watching though. Yes, I right. Mean, I don't go and channel surf anymore. I just go to the guide and then it exactly. you get to see your image in and insert and and you, you navigate to what you want. So I get, I guess it you know it, the the practicality is there. I mean it, it, the user interface may not be great, but the practicality is there.
3: Now these really sophisticated controls, the uh, services or or handheld stuff in in a in a box store always always mystify me. Now Logitech does do a a more advanced version or advanced branding, do they not? That goes through dealers, or are they completely box store? I I can't remember.
0: I want to say they're completely box store, but I could be. I mean, they may have a higher end version of that.
1: You can buy Logitech in a store like Best Buy, but you also can get it – it can be resold by an integrator, and you know, I guess Pronto was a good example of that way back when. I'm pretty right. sure that, that if you want a lower-end universal remote, I would imagine that it can be sold and programmed by an integrator.
3: Yeah, because because I just it never seems to me like it, that's a it's a hard thing to make a profit of because the number of units you need to sell with that bit of sophistication and I like granted everything's getting cheaper and that becomes but it just seems to me something that it almost seems like a lost leader <laughs> in a way. Yeah, but for what? I mean, it's yeah, not well like, that's what I was asking. I don't know exactly what else they're selling. And I mean I, I, don't I, I, don't I could see attention. AMX
0: or or Crestron giving a lost leader to get into the door with you know with their versions okay. of of. Um, of uh, you know high definition signals over over twisted pair but this is not you know yeah. this is not them
1: but i guess if you're going to buy a system and you need some way of making it easier to use so it, it, at least something like this can satisfy that need. I mean, the, yeah. you, well, you you can't add to the budget of a Crestron system or or a higher end sophisticated control, but this will at least get you to the point where somebody's happy with the system that they're getting.
0: Not for nothing, but let's, let's be honest. The, like George said, the technology is getting cheaper. Who knows that Logitech may be using the same you know the same programming that they were using four or five years ago. They 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 purchase you know the touch screen interface and that's it. It just makes it look sexier.
1: Yeah. yeah. I All yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, I would. I would. I would think that that would be the case. Yeah.
0: Uh, you are listening to AV Week. Thank you so much for doing so. Uh, with us is George Tucker from World Stage and Steve Greenblatt from Control Concepts. Uh, for a number of us, and I say us because I bought one of these things, um, the Nest 2.0 came out this week, and um, this is going to sound so geeky and stuff, and I apologize, but. That's kind of what this podcast is about so um what nest is if you're not familiar it is a um a really fancy thermostat <laughs> let's be honest that's what it is but it, it's it's an integrated um, thermostat that has IP control and it does a lot of really cool things and this 2.0 came out this week um and it does first of all it, it connects with with more home uh, heating systems than it than it ever did before. If you buy a new one right now, it's actually thinner. Mine is a little more hockey puckish uh, looking. Um, But, you know, it does a lot of cool things. It has filtering inputs. It has all kinds of other stuff. The reason I even mention it is not to say, hey, it's really cool, but to talk to you guys a little bit more about control. This is one of those products that I'm still shocked that people like AMX and Extron and Crestron aren't able to talk to, um, at least not easily. So with all of these little silos going on, Steve, um, are we looking at some sort of somebody down the road needs to do some sort of, of standard when it comes to talking to people in control world? Because, I mean, you've got HVAC systems, which is in essence what this is, and you've got lighting systems and you've got, you know, TV systems and you've got this and that and the other. Can't we all kind of talk together and get along?
1: So, so i guess the question is can can they talk to it or do they want to talk to it because i uh, what, what we're seeing a lot now is that the control market or the control manufacturers are expanding their reach and there there may be some some competition there and hmm. it, so it maybe something I, I don't know i i, I have to uh, do a little bit more investigation as to what the the limitations are for control but but a lot of times it's just a matter of cracking the code and and determining if the control manufacturer and the the product manufacturer want to talk to each other
0: gotcha so So it's
1: (laughs) getting that information
0: that's that's valid uh george is this one of those things where we're gonna have to you know like like steve said crack the code and just say you know if if you want to here's here's how it works
3: Uh, I suppose that's eventually how it's going to be because that's usually how it always gets sort of broached. Like, no, no, no. Oh, you cracked it. We can't. Okay, fine. Um, it's usually what happens, but I think this goes back to what we were saying earlier with, with some of the other systems is that there is a sort of fear of you're going to know how our inner workings work. You're going to give you a demo. Your engineering department's going to take it apart and six months to a year later, you're going to have your version. I mean, a lot of those companies already have wireless thermostats that they utilize and, and put in place. I mean, Nest just had this sort of mass-user Gizmodo and gadget. You know, it looks like an Apple i-something. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And everybody sort of danced on it and got really excited. But it's a fairly straightforward wireless thermostat that mm-hmm. lets you do, you know, what all of the 1999 ones at Best Buy uh, – not Best Buy, uh, Home Depot do. I guess Best Buy sells some of those, right? I mean, yeah, it just looks nice and can talk with a few more, a few more sophisticated systems. The problem with it, of course, is that it still doesn't do – Uh, say, a two-stage or three-stage heating system, you know, something that goes to forced air, to oil, to whatever, to whatever. Um, And it's, you know, it's AC or it's heat, sort of my house, you know, I got one zone. (laughs) (laughs) Two floors, one zone. Um, But, and it's had its issues. I mean, you can make a very fancy looking thermostat, but That cycle time between when you want it to be 72 degrees and when the system kicks it on and when it kicks it off are very sophisticated things that take a lot of time to work out the kinks on. Even if you think you know the logarithm, it does take a lot of consideration to get in. And Nest has had these problems. Uh, You know, they they haven't having off wrong or it gets interfered with or, you know, it was 72 degrees, but it said, you know, it held it on for the entire evening, even when it didn't need to. Stuff like that. And this is all growing paint stuff. Um I still think they have a huge potential. I like the camouflage thing by the way. <laughs> it's shiny so it matches your wall by reflecting it. Okay. Um uh, but the other thing that a lot of people pointed out I think that that I was really the killer position for this is that sub 100 this thing will sell like crazy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean right now it's sort of a toy. It's something you know people with a little extra cash go, "Ooh, I can do this" and it's okay, but sub 100 Bang, you're going to sell a lot of these boxes. Yeah,
0: That's that's probably valid. That's probably yeah. Valid. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk about, you know, sub things like uh, sub $100, sub $1,000 things. Um, Vizio, which is not exactly a Pioneer or a Panasonic, but let's be honest, they sell a lot of them. Uh, they have a new $1,000 display. That's 60 inches. Um, and I know we've talked a lot, a lot about the commodity, commoditization of flat panels, uh, especially George and, and, and others that are in that market or were in that market. But is this the point where we're getting you know, a 60-inch display with a Cracker Jack box, basically, George?
3: It sounds like it could be. Um, you know, and they all—they did make an effort to, like, promote the smart TV and the apps thing, although they, uh, everyone noted that there weren't that many. But the ones that they showed, Netflix, Redbox, all this other stuff, were the essential ones you want, right? I mean, you get to a point where you say, okay, I want a TV and it comes with certain elements in it. Do I need 1,000 apps? No. How many are you really going to use? Are you going to use, you know, you're not going to make the TV do eye candy stuff during a party. Well, maybe you are, but how many of us are really going to do that, right? Now, there's an app. I have to write that make the smart tv do eye candy during a party with the music i like this i'm patenting it right now <laughs> Copyrighted. Should. nobody paid go, um, go go. the trade market exactly but the sub 1000 or just over a thousand dollars i think it was is a pretty good price for what is it a 1080p mm-hmm. decent 60 inch hd tv i'd like to be able to see it and see how well the glass holds up to being off axis and how well the glass looks after you know being in a in a, in a room for a couple of months but other than that, I think that's an interesting way to go,
0: Steve. This thing not only I mean the remote control is also is oh, yes. a well it is because it's got a, a qwerty keypad keypad right. Um. So no longer am I you know arrowing up and arrowing down to get you know to spell my my horrible last name you know. So I <laughs> I can actually type it out on on an actual keypad. And George is right. It doesn't ha- it doesn't have a, a ton of apps. But it has the ones that a majority of Americans are going to use: Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, Vudu, Hulu, uh, and YouTube. I mean, that's that's it for thousand dollars. I mean, is this is this where you know is this like the the um, the, the the gold standard now or of is, is that kind of like the thousand dollar mark? Is that where display manufacturers are aiming for?
1: well it, it seems to be a i mean if in, in the article it talks about if you go up to the 70 inch it doubles the price so I guess yeah. the 60 seems to be either where the components are are can be either mass produced or maybe the screens are available very easily at that price the There, there must be some sort of a technical or manufacturing divide once you go above 60. And uh, because that—that's a quite a, that's a, a, a a increase, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Vizio has always been known, haven't they, to to make affordable products that may not be the best, but are good for the average person. And I mean, I I've, I have Vizio at home, and, I, and I'm very happy with it. And maybe it it doesn't get the highest ratings on CNET, but but it certainly is something that that is affordable and res- and respectable. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, and and that one actually is, is an LED, which leads us into, into our next story. There's a, a a group out there that says the flexible OLED market is going to hit 3.2 billion with a B dollars by 2017, and they're including everything from you know smartphone uh, displays to obviously you know computers. And hopefully actual tvs and displays that would be lovely um but my question is is uh, steve we'll start with you on this one uh do you think it's going to take till 2017 though that's that's my actual my initial reaction to this was yeah i'll give you 3.2 billion dollars absolutely i don't think it's going to take till 2017
1: do you you're probably right i i mean we're, 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 these things are we've been, been talked about for quite some time and and uh, i mean i i think that We're we're ready for the next best thing, yeah. And so I I I, and I'm sure that that's something that's going to help to to stimulate the display market too.
0: George, he said this is the next best thing, which I am very thankful for because he didn't say the word 3D, Uh, (laughs) or even 4K. But yeah, and and I guess thank you. Uh I know it's not it's not the same thing. it's an actual it's the technology, it's not you know the three anyway. <laughs> um, but do you think this is gonna take till twenty seventeen uh with everything that they're talking about, everything from the smart the smartphones to the tablets to everything else?
3: I, I think there's a transition period um of people with existing devices that may not fade out or transition mm-hmm. out of age or of use. So I think 2017 sounds fairly reasonable, but as I've said a couple of times already at our year-end show, this is the year of the OLED. I declare it. It's going to happen. And it looks like more and more we're hearing all about it. Um, and and it is the new thing that I think everybody feels is a selling – it's a good, viable product that you can sell to the their client and to customers with a real a real ba- uh, payback to them. That It's clear. It's smaller. It's thinner. You can do stuff. You can fold it um you know and as as the sony exec said a couple of weeks ago in an article well you know 3d really isn't what everybody's looking for you know we just sort of had to have a catchphrase so everybody jumped on it <laughs> it's a great article it's a um, great
0: article and it was very refreshing <laughs> to yes. hear
3: to hear somebody say that yeah you know somebody in, in a, you know, although that may just be another sony misstep <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> hey we were honest ah oh, nuts no, that didn't work either <laughs> um <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 there's all kinds of things that this OLED can do, you know. Uh, we've talked about it from digital signage and, and you know, touchscreens that go through windows and things like that um, to, you know, like wearable art. I don't know if anyone remembers in New York the unique and Ferrucci stores that, you know, you could buy art by artist and wearable art. But, man, this stuff is coming darn close to being able to be a living, breathing art piece that you wear and walk around with. Well,
0: um, there was a, a couple years ago, um, it was all the rage to have LED, um or OLED um, – uh, t-shirts where you had these little you know um they weren't it wasn't an actual display but you had these little you know uh, threads running through your your clothes and they made designs and they made sayings and stuff like that and they were just you know powered by a small little battery you could you could do that on a t-shirt or a pair of pants and have you know ba- basically times square on your back if you wanted
3: yeah well this will be different though this is real imagery i mean the things you can do like with video artists that do stuff like the projection mapping type things that people do on all these uh, on all these buildings. You can do that with OLED. I know this is sort of straying from it, but that's kind of a cool concept thing. That I think one of those things will push once you get artists like, say, Laurie Anderson doing stuff with that with with OLED. You'll see a a slight leaning of the consumer
1: market towards it just
3: because it's so evocative. Yeah. so, right.
1: so this is digital signage to the next level, huh?
3: You know, all of the sort of um, uh, dy- dy- dystopian, futurist graphic novels really sort of talk about this. You know, the fifth element type graphic novels before the movie all show this kind of thing coming. We know it's happening. We already have the ads that already call out at us as we walk by. It's a matter of time before they do the – Oh, I don't forget what the movie is that they call out his name as he's running past them to go solve a murder. But
0: Minority Report.
3: Minority uh, Report. You know, hey, John Thomas or whatever his name is. But – uh you know, it just is. But but the potential's there for a house. You can have a screen that wraps around a corner in a room. You can have it do these odd things that will fit within the decor and design of a room that you can't do currently because we have a rectangle. It doesn't yeah. have to be a rectangle. Yeah, it doesn't have to be.
0: No, very true. All right, let's go down the road of Apple for just a second because uh, <laughs> I'm just tired of hearing from them. Uh, but this one is, is, is actually kind of cool and unique. Uh, they... They were awarded a patent today, uh, patent number 8 million, so on and so forth, that describes the uh, way in which a wireless adapter could interface between a device and an accessory. And according to this article from CNET, uh, the adapter would be able to handle different wireless protocols such as Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. George, are we getting to the point where the HDMI, and, and please say yes, the HDMI is obsolete or we're headed in that direction?
3: One would hope so, although that I think we'd also have to talk about what what kind of compression scheme we're going to need to transport that media and data over and what distances. I mean, we know we can already do HD over that kind of stuff, Um, but it's how how compressed you have to make it and how far you can throw it. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the bigger thing that people are looking at this article for is, well, one, because Apple's thinking way ahead in the ecosystem. They want to own the ecosystem as much as they can. We all see that coming. Um, But. They already predicted this whole little adapter fracas. I mean, one of the thoughts I had a couple days ago was, poor Savant. (laughs) They base everything they make on adapting to an Apple product. How do you change it? And what kind of transition do you go through with a client? From that 30-pin to this tiny little connector. Now, this sounds like a beautiful answer, though it almost seems defensive. (laughs) Like, here's here's a patent on something you would use it for, but we're going to run this way with this connector and nobody else can have it. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I don't either. Steve, is this is this going to be the the end of of not just HDMI but just cables in general?
1: Well, I guess we could look at it. I mean, and I agree with George too. I think I think the this this new connector is the the root of this, but. I, if this is if if this is similar to the, the AirPlay model, then I, I could see it having some value, and I could see it being a, a solution. I am stuck personally on on this new connector. I I just I understand it. I can I, I can I realize things have to change, but but it it's it, it's just uh, a tough one to swallow.
0: <laughs> um. All right. Moving on from the Verge, a uh, Japanese carrier NTT DoCoMo announced the launch of a new translation app, which will take Japanese and translate it into English, and vice versa. Uh, the reason I mention that, um, it runs on Android 2.2 or higher. Uh, there's support for, for French, German, Indonesian, Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, and Thai will be late, uh, added later this, uh, later this month in, in October. Uh, the reason I mention this is the well, at least the way my brain works. I'm like, okay, cool. There's it's it's on Android. That means I can write an app for my AMX system or my Crestron system, and write it once, and it will ship wherever I want it to in the world. Uh, Steve, you guys do a lot of programming for control systems. Is this something that is interesting to you, or am I kind of stretching here?
1: <laughs> well. I think it's interesting. Stretching I'm is just, fine.
0: Stretching is fine.
1: I, I'm, I'm not sure how, how much it, it's going to pertain to the control market, but I think it's interesting. I you was know, just thinking that it, if you could only have it translate uh, you know, a Crestron program to an AMX program or Uh-oh. vice versa, that, that could make it, make, make it real cool. Oh, so, you want real translation. Nice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I get, I, I get the, uh, the feeling that what that would really do is sort of suffer us through the, uh, the actual listening to of a Vogon poem. Wow. <laughs> Wait for it. Uh, thank you. But right. no, truly, I mean it would it would be uh, that would be very cool though for home automation systems, especially commercial spaces, retail spaces, where like New York, you can have a thousand languages going on at once and people can communicate and or purchase things without having to suffer through the translations or, or mispronunciations of, <laughs> of, of the their words. names. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, you know, translate stuff, so you know, hey, I want to buy that product. I need four.
0: No, it just—it seems very Star Trek-ish to me. Or uh, what was it? Um, The uh, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the Babblefish.
3: Exactly. Yes, Uh, I was thinking Babblefish, which brought me to Bogon.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Wow, that was okay. Um, uh, This is a couple more stories here. First of all, the FCC is the devil. Um, They are voting in favor of rethinking spectrum holding rules. Why are we mentioning that? Well, because everything the FCC does, not everything, a lot of what the FCC does affects us in the AV industry, whether that's wireless, we mentioned the the, the Apple wireless uh, adapter patents, that will affect be affected by the FCC. Wireless microphones are affected by the FCC. Anything that doesn't have wires is affected by the FCC primarily, it feels like it, at least. Um, this is, I don't know. Um, basically, what they're saying is, um, yeah, sorry. It, they're, they're, they're taking the, these rules, the ownership rules surrounding the, the wireless frequencies at, at 1 gigahertz, and they're treating it differently than others that are around there. And what, why that really matters is if they start selling off big chunks of the spectrum. Um, the nightmare that some of us had, if you had, you know, certain frequency wireless mics a couple years ago is going to be revisited or am I just being doom and gloom, George?
3: You know, I've been looking at this and I've been reading about this for a little while and I'm not sure. Uh, it, it sounds like a good idea. I mean, it sounds like somebody, at least somebody at the FCC is going, Hey, let's be proactive. Let's try to figure out something instead of having it stagnate. But you know, it's still ownership by the ownership. So I think they're going to sit on it because they want to make their maximum money out of something that they don't have, you know, much control over very shortly. Yeah, it's, it's bad English, but <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I think right. they're looking for the highest bidder. They're looking for the most bandwidth that they can get. And. You know, as an owner of beachfront property, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm going to be altruistic and give it give it to the uh, the common folk to to use for anything. I'm going to send it to the guy who wants to build a larger condominium and give me, you know, a good portion of it, plus, you know, in perpetuity.
0: <laughs> yes, but the, at least part of the beach is available to the public.
3: Well, so they say. Hey, look, coming from the Hamptons, <laughs> I grew up in the Hamptons, let me tell you. There's a lot of public beaches, not so much, okay? Somebody wants to make something private for a good length of time, they can do it. And they do. Well, that just is, sucks. Well, yes.
0: <laughs> All right, Steve. Is this you know? Are we are we Hamptonizing the the wireless spectrum here? Are we gonna you know, viva la revolution and 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 let the let the white spaces run free?
1: Yeah, I, I have to agree with what what George is saying. Uh, I think that there's a supply and demand issue, and if if they can make make the money on it and, and it's prime real estate, then. Then I, I, I could see where 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 it makes sense, but I mean, do we like it? No, but it's but I could see where 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 it's coming from.
3: Well, I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, they've they've never been very good the FCC at any of this stuff, and uh, you know, they they have some really great plans, and then they just decide. You know what? There's money dangling in front of it or some port of Congress says, you know, we need to study this for a little while and see how much more money we can put into that coffer. And it's just free it up and make it go. Put it aside. Do it. You know, I mean, they almost tried to stomp on the wireless mic people, right? Yeah. Ah, you're, in, you know, Who cares about you? You no, there's no need. And then somebody finally convinced them, hey, you know, you're talking about an entire set of industries here that will just get typhooned <laughs> yeah. by wireless microphones. I know there are these things that, you know, you don't care about, but. You know, you got to give us some space, something to do. Otherwise, you know, everybody's going to be back to uh, wearing a wired mic around their neck while they move around. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Please don't. Yeah. And I'm sorry. There are two or three fabulous AV companies that are still making those stupid things that I still don't get. Anyhow. All right. uh, This one's for you, George. Neil Young has finally... Finally realized his dreams for having a high-res digital music player. It's mm. called the Pono. The Pono. Now say that very carefully, please, uh, and Google it very carefully, please.
3: Okay. Yep. The Pono music player. It reminds me of the days of Panja and Paja. Jeez. Oh, Don't misspell that word when you were going to a website.
0: Panja boy. Panja panja panja. Yeah, panja.
3: that was funny you know, I I think it, it the, again speaking altruist with the altruism. The, I think this is something that a lot of musicians, like Neil Young, like say the Pearl Jam kind of guys, and 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 you know classical musicians and and such and so forth. The resolution of an MP3 is a real disappointment. So mm-hmm. much gets lost for them. I mean, we all know this. I mean, there's you listen to something on a really high res digital format like Flack or something of that nature. And it's just stunning, you know, listening even comparatively on a, on a headphone. You're like, wow, there's all this stuff going on inside of it that you just don't hear. But again, we're dealing with a mass market that says, I want this type and this is what it is. And it's the path of least resistance. It's the most profitable. I don't know what this Pono's doing. Uh, that shape, the triangular shape. There's got to be a purpose to it because you know that nobody said this is a good thing. Is it fit into something? Is this part of an ecosystem in which... That triangular shape has some benefit. These and other mysteries will be solved next week. Tune in. I, I don't know. I, I'm all for it, but at what price and at what... We're not going to look like Apple, so we try hard to just be obtuse.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, they have, they have a, a, an ecosystem, a music download store, and a bunch of other stuff. But um, Steve, one of the guys that has actually heard this and, and listened to it, um, "Flee" from Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is not... What you may consider, you know, mainstream uh, you know well, they, I guess they need more than mainstream, but um he said it's not quote unquote, it's not some vague thing that you need dogs' ears to hear. It's a drastic difference. Um is this something where guys who are still buying vinyl are gonna go out after and
3: you know, hey. what? It's not a pejorative
0: almost. <laughs> it's not a pejorative. It's you know <laughs> okay, here's the They're thing still buying and vinyl I did not say <laughs> vinyl like that I just okay so if you're buying vinyl you really care about the quality of your music correct sure I don't buy vinyl <laughs> so you know the last albums that I've purchased have all just been iTunes downloads and so no I'm not you know I, I'm not a purist I guess when it comes to the audio uh, you know I, I'm i okay buying what was the last album I bought A, a Jason Mraz album you know um, I'm okay with just having it on iTunes. Does that make me
3: evil or wrong? no, but I mean look, <laughs> you're you're with everybody else. I mean, but yeah. the problem is of course what they're doing is they're sort of co- least common denominatoring denominator ring. You, um, you just made up ding, a new word, by the way. Ringy ringy dingy. Hello. <laughs> um to uh to the pop stream, the the auto-tuned pop Demons oh, of, don't no no Voice to men so, or no. What is the new one? One or something, you know. But no, but that's what an MP3 is basically, fundamentally looking to be, the the torchbearer of because that is dynamically limited. There's not much going on. You don't worry about transients from a brass or a string or some finely tuned, you know, an 18th century violin. It's pretty darn simple stuff, and it's not dynamically and harmonically interesting, really. <laughs> It's got a beat and you can dance to it. I give it a seven. Wow. That's what they're
1: looking for. And it's definitely going to appeal to a certain type of listening audience and possibly a certain type of age group. Because the, the I would say the, the, the young age group these days are, are probably brought up on digital music. So they... They aren't going to necessarily know the difference per se, unless you're a musician and, or unless you you really just uh, you know you have some um, uh, some affinity for live music that that is you know classical or so, something that that th- this could really capitalize on and 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 of course price price point is going to be uh, yeah. uh, critical here.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I I lean towards my MP3s all the time anyway, but. You know, when given the chance, I'd love to. I mean, look, I have a pair of like these five-way JBLs. I know not great, but these home things that I bought years ago that I don't have room in my my house that I live in now to really put up. But occasionally, I drag them out of their protective covers and uh, from from the little little closet space that I keep them well in, and I drag them out and I hook them up to the stereo and just blow my kids away. Stuff they've heard all their backyardigans, even. Um, I'm sorry. Did you just say away. you put black, You put backyardigans yeah. on a? F- yeah. Oh my lord. The kids love it. They also dance to other stuff. So, but, the, you know, remember what's their frame of reference? We're they know these songs best really, best well, the really well. Really well. You know, they sing them and listen to them every night. You know, so they're really into it and they notice the difference. So, you can get people, and this is again not format, but it's the actual delivery medium, but still. There is something you can teach people to be noticed, but at what cost? We don't have the money to put in their room, very nice uh, speaker systems. No, for them to listen I don't to, have right? the money to put it in my room. Right, exactly. I don't have the space anymore. Yeah. Um, but there is something you can teach people, being very dramatic and very solid, saying this is – look look how beautiful that is. But you get to a point of going, hey, I'm traveling around the city. I'm walking around with my little earbuds, <laughs> You know, wrong number three there. Um the, you know that's what they're looking for is to to just like the telephone system emphasizes certain frequencies of the human voice. it could carry all of them especially today, but they still don't right It's still that little hump in the middle that they really emphasize for clarity and uh uh understandability, making up words again um I, no, I think that one I, so so goes m p three I think, it's that, one. So goes MP3. I think hmm? that one actually is a word so
0: no Somehow. And, and, and I get you I, I get it you know and it's there's also a bandwidth issue or you know with with you know just having that that one set of frequencies, so... Yeah. All right, uh, last but not least, uh, this is one from, from... Actually, it came from George. Um, and I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, a uh, conspiracy theorist <laughs> here with my little tinfoil hat, uh, but there, there there's a group of people meeting that, that kind of, you know, takes care of the internet. <laughs> it's called the WCIT, uh, World Conference on International Telecommunications. And basically... Um, they're talking about changing the regulations for the internet, which is kind of weird because they're talking about regulating, um, the internet. And, uh, the reason that this is important, uh, for us here at, AB Nation is because that's where we live. <laughs> we live on the internet, uh, cause we don't have a, a radio tower. Um, so, or a TV tower. Uh, George, is this, I mean, is this something that, I mean, where we, we contact our congressmen or where we contact these guys at
3: WCIT? <sighs> I'm wondering how much do we really need to be concerned. I know there's pushes by other countries to say we should have control over our internet and be able to dictate it and they want to put certain limitations on 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 our stuff. But I wonder if we're getting a little art bell coast to coast uh con- you know conspiracy theory here. You know, are we going to we going to tie that in with the uh the the, the was it the Siberian Siberian oil well that drilled down to hell Mm -hmm. i mean it it kind of feels that way sometimes and i know that there's some reality to this that they really are pushing very hard to have certain things um limited and that just goes against our you know patriotic first amendment stuff but it's it's not it's not the illuminati that they're making it out to be i believe uh, you know, I know this came from Slashdot, and they get they get a little crazy, They get Adam, Adam Curry conspiracy theory crazed. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty darn crazed. Yeah, that's a little crazed. At least he's well-maintained. Well, no, wait. Crazed crazed is doing something really stupid, and we hear about it in the news. Adam Curry is just a little frightening. You know, like, all right, boy, sit down here. Take your medicine. Good, good. Okay, quiet room, quiet room. But um, it, it just, it's just something to keep an eye on, but I don't think this is like we got an up in an uproar about and blacked out websites a couple a uh, year ago about.
0: Yeah, it, it's not so. at the same level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, is this something that we need to worry about? You know, whether it's you know our internet because a lot of our devices live on the internet now, um, or because there are more than one. Uh, there's more than one company in Saint, in in St. Louis, in the uh, in the U.S. that deals with overseas uh, systems. I have a, a very good friend who just went to uh, just went to Kuwait to fix a system. And, you know, they, there's a lot of international monitoring now and a lot of international control. Is, that, is this something we have to worry about because of stuff like that?
1: Well, I mean, we, we depend on the Internet quite a bit. So, uh, I mean, it's certainly something that, that should be thought about. And, you know, any regulation could could end up becoming uh, impacting business or, or, or impacting any type of product. But, I mean, it, it, I'm not sure if it's real yet. But it's, uh, it's something that, that that we should have on the radar. Okay. All
0: right, gentlemen. Well, I thank you so much for joining us uh, for this week's AV Week. Uh, with us has been, well, first, uh, Betsy Jaffe uh, joined us from Infocom. Please go out and celebrate AV Week, if you would, please. It's the 14th, uh, the week of, the, of October 14th, 14th through the 20th, I believe. Um, and you can go out and you can do the AV Olympics, or you can get your congressperson or mayor or governor, like, uh like some have done and get, you know, um a proclamation, you know, proclaiming this as A B Week. So go out and celebrate A B Week if you would please. Uh also with us has been Mr. Steve Greenblatt from Control Concepts. Thank you much so much, sir.
1: Thank you. Uh, where Enjoyed can it.
0: where can people find you? Either in the Twitterverse or Web website or wherever.
1: Okay. Uh Twitter I'm at simply uh, at Steve Greenblatt, uh one word. Two Ts. And uh, my website, company website, is is controlconcepts.net. Controlconcepts.net.
0: All right. Also with us is George Tucker from World Stage, but he's also a blogger, a fabulous Twitter person. And um, I don't know if you're my right hand or my left hand, but I couldn't do most of the stuff I do without you. So Uh,
3: (laughs) tell people how they can find you and such. (laughs) <laughs> well, I've turned the GPS off, so no one can find me that way. Oh. First wife. Get away, stalker. Um, You and that first wife, dude. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of fun. Hey, I don't have any issues. I don't have anger issues. I don't. I swear I don't. You just, um, you just have a first wife. <laughs> exactly. Um, Hey, everybody needs a starter wife. A starter family. It's a starter fan- start marriage. It's wow. You, you know, Um, so <laughs> you I'm can find me on talk to Michelle. <laughs> Twitter, which is Tucker2s. I am on google plus i'm on facebook and all that but you can find me at tucker tuesday at typeed.com i'm a red band blogger and there are a few others there are a few other ones in the works for some uh, major publications but that'll come sooner
0: major look at you you're 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 gonna bypass me and leave me in the dust major publications holy cow all right i don't have any major publications (laughs) i just got this thing y'all um my name is tim albright if you'd like to follow me on twitter uh it is td tim david albright uh, on the twitterverse but more importantly for me and everybody here at Aviation, nation please go by and check out our brand spanking new website uh mr matt d scott has worked feverishly uh to get it up and running and it looks fabulous at least much better than ever than i could ever have done uh which is evidence
3: beaver huh beaver feverishly
0: he worked feverishly yes okay. beaver feverishly he, he listens to <laughs> justin Bieber while he does the website so I just started a whole other thing. Does he there.
3: does he go off and like perform like Bieber did? Sick, you know? Uh,
0: I, no? don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, go by the website avnation.tv. <laughs> avnation.tv. Uh, check that out. Also, you can get this podcast and others there as well as, as on iTunes. Uh, if you like our stuff on iTunes, you know, leave a comment. Say hey, you know, this is really cool, or hey, stop talking about Justin Bieber. Uh, so yeah, avnation.tv avnation.tv Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for AV Week.